Hey everyone, we continue our read through the New Testament. Today we are in 1 Thessalonians 3, which is the continuation in many ways of 1 Thessalonians 2, where Paul has defended his ministry to the Thessalonians, but also talked about his longing to see them again because of the way in which they were abruptly torn away due to the persecution. So he writes, Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. We sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it has come to pass and just as you know. For this reason, when I, I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith, for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. We'll stop right here for now. What Paul does here is Paul is starting to explain now what why he has been absent, like what has happened, right? He's kept up in Athens, but he sent Timothy ahead to make sure that the Thessalonians would be provided for, that they would have shepherding even in the midst of this time of persecution that they are facing. And I love this, though. Paul makes it very clear in verses 3 and 4 that hardships are a clear and necessary part of the Christian life. He said, know that, one, that no one may be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. We were telling you this beforehand, that we were to suffer affliction. Paul did not promise the followers of Jesus a life of ease or public approval, and neither did Jesus. You must take up your cross or follow me or you cannot be my disciple. So Paul is making clear that affliction is a necessary part by which we as believers are conformed to the image of Christ. No wonder James would say, count it all joy when you suffer various trials and afflictions. Why? Because they're working in us. They're they're transforming us. They're a part of our sanctification. And this is why we can know that the Word of God is truth. It hides nothing. It it puts none of our hardships in the, the small lettering. It puts it right out front for us to make clear that we understand what it means to follow Christ and that we properly count the cost for doing so. Nevertheless, Paul talks about how he began to fret and worry. Maybe something had happened because he hadn't heard from them. And so he sent ahead to, to figure out what was going on with the church. Had they been led away from the faith? Have, have, have they ultimately uh, not fully uh, surrendered their life to Christ in a way that was, that was ultimate, final? Uh, had they merely believed for a moment for the, and Satan came and snatched it away like the parable of the sower talks about? And what he finds out is that indeed the Thessalonian church had been established by God and was thriving in their faith. Verse 6, But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see your face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord... 
make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here, Paul has, Timothy has returned and Timothy, and he learns through Timothy of the faith and love that is being characterized by the church at Thessalonica, that indeed they have shown themselves to be true followers of the Lord, that they are steadfast in the faith. And he says in the midst of all of this, he is receiving joy and thanksgiving because they are standing fast in the Lord. This is what it is to live. This is what it is to be faithful in the life, to stand fast in our faith in the Lord, to not give in no matter how hard things will get, no matter how difficult things may be. Christ is sufficient. Christ is enough to be steadfast and and to hold on to him. And they long to connect with Paul the same way that he longs to connect with them. And so there is no animosity. There isn't a sense of, of anger towards him. They love and they long to see their spiritual leader. And this is such a wonderful reality, once again, of the great love that should be characterized by the church, a thanksgiving that should be met when we see others thriving in the faith. And this leads Paul to this beautiful prayer in verses 11 through 13. Paul addresses God the Father and the Lord Jesus jointly in prayer. And the answer to this prayer for reunion would come several years later. We we read about that in Acts chapter 20. But Paul says here that they may that that they may increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus with all of his saints the work of sanctification already begun in believers we see is brought to a completion when Christ returns And the prayer of Paul is that they may continue to abound more and more in love for one another. And that's my prayer for you today. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for the church. That God will cause us to abound more and more in love for one another and for all. That he might establish our hearts blameless in holiness before God and our Father. And at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that that sanctification will be brought to an end in the complete and full glorification of our bodies and souls in Jesus Christ, as we will dwell forever as glorified saints, abounding in love forever and always. May such abounding love begin right now in our communities of faith, as our love for one another expresses in such a way that it serves as an incredible light in a world of strife and division. And when they ask, how in the world can such unity be found here? How can such love be found here? May our answer be and always be Christ and Christ alone. God bless.